For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Gerald Green to inbound. Harden trying to get free. Down to three, down to two, it's a three. Good! Good! He got it! James Harden, a flamethrower! Welcome in H-Town and Rockets fans all over the world. Please allow me to introduce myself first and foremost. My name is Cody Davis, and I am the host of the new show, Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. Recording right here in Houston, the mission here at Believe in Rockets is a weekly podcast that will bring you the most interesting and entertaining news regarding your Houston Rockets. Whether that's breaking down Russell Westbrook's continuous fit with the Mike D'Antoni system, are keeping you up to date on James Harden's quest to become the first player since Will Chamberlain to average over 40 points for an entire season. First and foremost, a little background about myself. I am a credentialed media member who covers the Houston Rockets for SB Nation The Dream Shake, and you can follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And please remember to subscribe to Believe in Rockets on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. I am so happy to finally be able to have the opportunity to release my Houston Rockets podcast. Not only am I a a journalist who actually covers the Rockets, but ladies and gentlemen, I am a huge Houston Rockets fan. I've grown up with this team ever since I moved from New Orleans to Houston in 2003. Um, my very first year with the Houston Rockets was when they still had Steve Francis. Yao Ming was in his second season. Katino Mobley, Mucci Norris, you know, those guys. My favorite era of all time is when the Rockets ended up getting Tracy McGrady. And you had T-Mac and Yao. I know that is a disappointing era for a lot of Rockets fans, especially myself. A little personal note. I know a lot of you Rockets fans believe that losing to the Golden State Warriors about two, three years ago, Game 7 on our home court, was the toughest loss that you can ever endure as a Rocket fan. Well, to let you know how long of, of just a fan I've been of this team, I have yet to get over the Rockets losing to the Utah Jazz 2007, Game 7, inside the Toyota Center. They up by seven with three minutes left. I still remember the day, May 5th, 2007. And the fact that the Utah Jazz came back, took the lead, and won. I'm still hurt by that. And I'm only hurt by that due to the fact that Tracy McGrady is my favorite player. And I have a theory. Just listen to this theory. If the Houston Rockets were to defeat the Utah Jazz and move on to the second round that season... I do believe that they would have won the championship if everything else would have played out. Because the next round, Golden State, they still beat Dallas. You know so good and well, Tracy McGrady and Yao Mee was going to be able to beat 
a Baron Davis Golden State Warriors team. Then that moves them to the Western Conference Finals. Now in the Conference Finals, you're playing against the San Antonio Spurs. This is Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manager Nobly in their prom. But at the end of the day, back then, the Spurs had no answer for Yao. And they were still shooken about what Tracy McGrady did to them two years prior when he scored 13 points in 35 seconds. I believe the Houston Rockets could have won that series in seven, move on to the NBA Finals. You play against a baby LeBron James. Listen, I don't know about you guys, but LeBron James has always struggled with the Houston Rockets. No matter if it was in the Steve Francis era, the Yao Ming era, you, you, you know he's been struggling in the James Harden era. And speaking of LeBron James, we're going to get into the big matchup on Saturday between the Houston Rockets and the Lakers. To fast forward from my favorite era of the Houston Rockets to the Westbrook James Harden era of the Houston Rockets. Not only do I want to talk about that big matchup on Saturday against the Los Angeles Lakers, but I also want to touch on what the Houston Rockets should do to improve this team after the release of Gary Clark. But before moving on to what the Rockets should do next, I do want to touch on what they did last week. Last week, the Rockets went 2-1 with wins against the Atlanta Hawks and the Minnesota Timberwolves, but they lost a national televised game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. What made the loss even worse that it was the first time Russell Westbrook played against his former team in Oklahoma City. The Rockets fell 113-92, which was a season low in the second time this season that they did not score over 100 points. And Russell Westbrook seemed like he was the only player who showed up. He scored a pretty efficient 34 points, 14 for 26 shooting. But no one else on the team seemed like they was ready to go. James Harden, after scoring 41 points on an inefficient night in Atlanta, he did not do well against his former team, scoring a season-low 17 points, 5 for 17 shooting, 2 for 9 from three-point range. To be honest, the only other player who wore a Rockets jersey that night and looked like they came ready to play was rookie Chris Clemens, who scored 14 points in 12 minutes, and 10 of those 12s came in garbage time. It was an all-around bad night for the Houston Rockets, and I actually felt bad after that loss because I really wanted to see the Rockets go out and win that game, not just to have another win in the winning column, but I really, I, I knew deep down inside Russell Westbrook really not only wanted to put on the show, but he also wanted to come out with the W. And we all saw the clip by now. Russell Westbrook sitting about five to six chairs down when the rest of his teammates were huddled around Mike D'Antoni during a timeout. A lot of people took to Twitter saying Russell Westbrook is a bad teammate. Russell Westbrook is this. Russell Westbrook is selfish. We should have kept Chris Paul. I'm not going to give Russell Westbrook flack about what he did Thursday night because I'm pretty sure out of all the games on the 2019-20 calendar, this was probably the most he wanted to win the most. During their media availability last Monday, somebody even asked the question, you know, Russ, how do you feel knowing that on this road trip you're going to go to OKC, but this time as an opponent? And to be honest, guys, Russell Westbrook always shakes questions off. But you can tell by the way he shrugged this one off. This game really meant a lot to him, and, and, and it should. I mean, this is a guy who was drafted by this franchise, spent 11 seasons, and if you ask me, I don't even think he wanted to leave OKC. I believe after Paul George left, Sam Presti and those guys, 
they probably was the ones who called Westbrook up and said, look, we are a dollar away from entering the luxury tax. Why should we enter? We're not a championship contending team. You are in your prime and you should go to a contender. Westbrook probably took some time to think and was like, hey, well, if I'm going to go anywhere, see if you could get me to Houston. I'm not saying that's how it happened. I mean, I wasn't, of course, I wasn't there. I don't live in OKC. But at the end of the day, you can tell that he did not want to leave. And even when they gave him an awesome tribute and he was doing all his pregame rituals, jumping around, screaming to the fans, it was like a sense of joy. He even said it during his postgame press conference that this felt like home to him. Even though I was watching it on TV like the rest of you guys, I believe I seen more joy out of Russell Westbrook at the beginning of that game in OKC than I've had this whole entire season and I'm not I'm I'm not putting a narrative out there saying that he's not happy in Houston because I do not I I know for a fact that is not the answer I mean I've I've seen him laugh and talk with all his teammates and he looks happy but but it's just something about what I saw on Thursday when he was in OKC it was it was just seems like he was just happy to be back even if it was for a split second TNT showed it he was hugging everybody he knew, saying hey to, to to all the people that he knew worked in the building. You know, it's just one of those homecomings. And that's why I do believe at the end of the day, I mean, this is a guy, you can tell he is so loyal and so passionate about what he does. And I do believe if he could have had his way, he would still be done in that OKC jersey right now. So, no, I, I do not believe that what he did Thursday night, sitting five, six chairs down away from the rest of his teammates, I don't believe there's no tension in that locker room. I don't believe that's that's the start of, of tension. You know, a lot of people took that incident and made it seem, made it into something when it was really nothing. I mean, we all have been there. We all have been upset, just wanted a couple minutes by ourselves. And I just felt like I had to express that because ever since that game, there's been a lot of people saying, Russell Westbrook in the Rockets, there's tension, blah, 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 blah. No, there's not. Because after they beat the Timberwolves on Saturday, they was back being happy again. And just to touch on the whole Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul trade scenario, I'm not going to compare this because it don't matter if you're listening to me, reading my work on the Dream Shake, listening or reading others, Rockets reporters and all their work. We have all touched on this a lot. And within the next four years, probably the next six years, knowing that we gave up four draft picks in order to get Russell Westbrook, I'm not going to continue beating this dead horse. But at the end of the day, I do want to say this. I do believe both of these teams, the Rockets and the Thunder, came up as winners in this trade. And it's not too often that you see both sides coming out victorious in a trade. You take a look at what Chris Paul is doing for the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are currently sitting... 26 and 17, seventh place in the Western Conference. Chris Paul is back looking like the Chris Paul that he was in Los Angeles. So far, he has played all 39 games. And if he play another 20, he will surpass the number of games he played in Houston over the last two years. Because last year and the year before, he played a total of 58. Chris Paul is finally back in the system where he don't have to worry about shooting threes or, or deferring to another ball-dominant guard. He is back being the point guard as we know him to be. He's able to run the show in OKC. And he, even he's, he, he looked more comfortable. 
And then you take a look at the Rockets side of things. Listen, the Rockets are in a win-now mode. And say what you want about Russell Westbrook's fit within this organization. Russell Westbrook, at the end of the day, is in his prime. Having him on this team extended the Rockets' championship window. And that's what this is all about. At the end of the day, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, Daryl Morey, Tillman Fatita, everyone in that organization wants to win a championship. If we would have kept Chris Paul, not saying that we, we could not have gotten it done with him, but at the same time, having a guy that's 30 years old, still in the middle of his prime, is better than having a guy that's 34 years old, going to be 35 by the time you get to the Western Conference semifinals, fighting for a championship. So at the end of the day, this trade, once again, is probably going to be talked beyond the four years because we gave them four draft picks. Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul has about four years left on their contract. I say probably possibly six years. This is a trade that's going to be talked about for a while. But as of now, both teams won this trade. The Rockets decided to part ways with Gary Clark last Tuesday and not fully guarantee his contract. This move was basically a way to save money to help the Rockets not to go into the luxury tax. Something that Daryl Morey has came out and said, Fatida has given him the green light to go into the luxury tax, but at the end of the day, only if it means to add a player who could drastically improve the Rockets' chances of winning a championship. As much as I like Gary Clark, I wasn't surprised by this decision by the Rockets. I mean, not only is he a great player, but I have a, a, a small emotional tie to Gary Clark because he was the first player who I actually interviewed last summer during the Rockets Summer League. I already knew that the writing was on the wall for Clark. And this is a guy who was fighting for his contract to be guaranteed over Ben McLemore and Isaiah Hardenstein. And when you take a look at McLemore and Hardenstein, it makes sense why the Rockets decided to let Gary Clark go and keep those other guys. When you take a look at Ben McLemore, when he first got to Houston this summer, there were a lot of questions surrounding what to expect from him. This is a guy who was drafted as a lottery pick by the Sacramento Kings to help turn that franchise around. And we are actually coming up on the one-year anniversary when he played his last game as a member of the Sacramento Kings before they let him go last season. But due to the injury of Gerald Green, Eric Gordon, and even Daniel House to a certain extent, Ben McLemore has been a really valuable member of this Rockets team this season. So far this year, he's averaging 12 points on 40% shooting from the field. There was a stretch in December where he was averaging close to 23 points, shooting nearly 58% from behind the arc. This is a guy in the month of December who was, was, was getting some recognition for six-man-of-the-year votes. Now, granted, since the calendar has flipped to January, he has cooled off a little bit, but at the end of the day, he has been a great fit with the Rockets organization this year. 
And the same can be said for Isaiah Hartenstein. It's funny how far this guy has come. I remember doing the Houston Rockets training camp. The one problem that I had, and I still kind of have to this day, is the lack of size. During training camp, I remember I asked Mike D'Antoni, I said, Mike, do you envision, given the summer league performance that Hardenstein had, and he had a pretty good summer league performance. I was out there, and he turned me into a believer. This is a guy who averaged 16 and 12 just about the whole tournament. But during the training camp, I say, Coach, do you envision Hardenstein becoming a valuable role player within this system? And at first, it seemed like Dan Tony was going to be like, no. But he kind of caught himself. So he just gave the, listen, if he works hard and he's do this, he do this, maybe he has a chance. That was back in September. Here we are, New Year's Eve, 2019, heading into 2020. And Isaiah Hartenstein has been awarded the role of a backup center. And he deserved it. Because every time he needed to step up, every time there was an injury to Clint Capella, he stepped up. During the three-game absence, Clint Capella recently went through when he was out with the heel injury that he's still battling, by the way. Hardenstein averaged 14 points and 11 rebounds in a block a game. When the Rockets went to Minnesota and they beat the Timberwolves on their home court, that was also without... Clint Capella and Hornstein pulled down a career high 16 rebounds at seven foot tall. I love the move because one, the Rockets needed size, and two, this is a guy who has really worked his behind off. He's learning every single step of the way on how to play in the NBA. He has the talent. I saw it in the G League. He has the talent. Not comparing Summer League and the G League talent to what he's going to have to go up against in the NBA. But this is a guy who really deserved a chance. Not saying that Gary Clark didn't deserve a chance, but at the end of the day, Clark was playing up against wing players because you already have Eric Gordon. Now you have Ben McLemore. Those are basically your two wing players off the bench. So with Gary Clark no longer on the team, there's one roster spot available. To be honest, I've seen a lot of people go back and forth on Twitter who the Houston Rockets should go out and sign. Some people want them to sign Andre Iguodala, which I still think that's a pretty good fit. Some people want them to go out and trade for Robert Coverton. I personally want to see the Rockets go out and make one more move because I do believe as good as this team is right now, I do believe they are still a piece away of winning a championship. But knowing what I know and what I've learned watching Dan Tony over the last three years when it comes to playoffs, he does not go into his bench. So why waste your time signing another player when you know come to, come to playoffs, you're not going to play him? The same situation happened with Kenny Fareed last year. But if D'Antoni were to play an extra player, I do not want to see the Rockets sign another wing player. You have Westbrook. You have James Harden. Those are your ball handlers. You have P.J. Tucker on one wing. You have Eric Gordon, Ben McLemore on the other wing. I want to see the Rockets sign or trade for another big. Because the problem I have with the Rockets' size, I do believe that the Western Conference has came down between a three-team race. The Rockets, the Clippers, and the Lakers. 
And after what I've seen James Harden and the Rockets do to the Los Angeles Clippers, two of those were, were with Paul George. I'm fairly confident in the Rockets' chances of beating the Clippers in a seven-game series. But I'm not confident in their ability to beat the Los Angeles Lakers. And no, I'm not saying that because they have LeBron James. I'm saying that because the Lakers are a pretty big team. You have Dwight Howard. Say what you want about Dwight. Dwight is still a fairly good player. He can still go out and give you at least 10 and 10 on a good night. Not only do they have Dwight Howard, they have JaVale McGee. And yes, 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 I know JaVale McGee is not a guy that you fear. But this is a guy who can still eat you up on the, on the boards. And then to top it all off, you have a future Hall of Famer in Dwight Howard. You have a solid good role player in JaVale McGee. And then you arguably have the best big man in the game in Anthony Davis. The way the Rockets are constructed right now, I believe that the Lakers are going to attack how small the Rockets like to play. Yes, Clint Capella is a solid defender, and he has held his own against Anthony Davis multiple times. But what are you going to do when the Lakers roll out a lineup of Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard? P.J. Tucker can hold his own on most big men. I highly doubt he's going to be able to hold his own against a guy like Dwight Howard. And Lord have mercy if they switch and you got P.J. Tucker on Anthony Davis. In the words of Shaquille O'Neal, that's barbecue chicken all day. The one guy I would like for the Rockets to go out and at least try to trade for it if they were to make a move is to bring in Markeith Morris of the Detroit Pistons. Not Marcus Morris in New York. Even though I would much rather have Marcus over Markeith. Only due to the fact that Marcus is basically having a career year in New York. But Markeith is just as good. This is a guy who is averaging around 11 points per game, shooting a career best 41% from behind the arc. So not only is he a solid shooter, he is a guy who can add more toughness. He is a guy who can add more size at 16. He's not the best rebounder, but having some size to be able to box out opponents will help out in the long run. Let's say, for example, if it's game seven of the Western Conference Finals and it's the Lakers and Rockets and the Lakers decide to roll out that lineup I talk about, Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis. I will feel more confident in the Rockets rolling out a lineup of Marquise Morris and Clint Capella Versus a lineup that features Clint Capella and P.J. Tucker. Markeith will be a great addition to this team. There are other big men out there. Some of them I would just sign for defensive purposes, i.e. Jakim Noah. Yeah, I know that name sound a little stretch, but hey, he's still a pretty solid defensive player. If he can give you at least half of what he did in Memphis, I think that might be enough to get the Rockets over the hump. But at the end of the day, the Rockets need to make another move to add more size to this team. And as for Gary Clark, his career with the Houston Rockets is not completely over. There is a slim chance that he can possibly return once he clear waivers and the Rockets realize there's nothing out there. But even if he don't return to the Rockets, I do believe that Gary Clark will find his home somewhere in the NBA. He is too great of a player. And I just feel like, yes, the system was a pretty good fit for Gary Clark, but playing on a championship contending team is the reason why he never saw the court. I do believe if he can go to a team like Phoenix 
or Sacramento or a young but competitive team, I do believe he could make a difference, more so than if he was still with the Rockets. Before we get out of here, just looking ahead of what the Rockets are in store for this week. This is going to be a really fun week for Rockets basketball. You start off the week on Tuesday playing against the Memphis Grizzlies. Then you return home to play against Carmelo Anthony and the Portland Trail Blazers. I know that's going to be a really good game. I know that's going to be a fun game. I'm going to be interested to see how Rockets fans welcome Carmelo Anthony back into the Toyota Center. And if 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 and if I'm going as a fan, I would give Carmelo Anthony a a not a standing ovation, but I would show some respect to the future Hall of Famer because that whole rocket situation last year, that whole situation was weird. He was here for only 11 games, and to be honest, five out of the 11 games he played fairly well, especially when we played against the Brooklyn Nets. I believe he had scored like 28 points. It was him and Chris Paul. Um, James Harden was actually out due to I think he had like an ankle injury at the time or whatever, but um, there was a that was the game against the Brooklyn Nets, and then he had the game against the Chicago Bulls. He, he scored over 20 points in both of those games, got us the win. Next thing I know, he goes one for 11, in a return game in OKC. You know, I don't think the Rockets do well in OKC when they have a player who's, who's, who just came back from there. Because remember last year, which was Carmelo's last game as a Rocket, he had two points. He shot one for 11. It was by far the worst game of his career. Then a couple of days later, they let him go. It's not like he left Houston on bad terms with the fans or anything like that. You know, I think when his name is called starting lineup Houston show some kind of appreciation respect it's going to be interesting to see and then the game after the Portland Trailblazers you have the game of the night in the NBA on Saturday Rockets versus Lakers in Houston this is the first time we get a chance to see what the Rockets can do against the Los Angeles Lakers as I said all throughout this show I am confident of what they can do against the Clippers they have played the Clippers three times. They're up 2-1 on the regular season series. And if it wasn't for a couple bad shots and a couple questionable calls, the Rockets will be up 3-1 on the Clippers right now. And two of those came while Paul George was playing. But we get to see what's in store with the other Los Angeles team. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Dwight Howard is coming back. And you know how Dwight Howard loves to play against his former team. It seems like ever since he left Orlando, when he's playing against his former team, he's going to try his hardest to give you 20 and 10 that night. LeBron James and James Harden always go at it, and Harden always get the best. Well, I'm not going to say always, but nine times out of ten, Harden has gotten LeBron James' number several times. In my eyes, this is the future Western Conference Finals. I'm not going to go too much in depth of the matchup because the number one matchup and the number one concern I have, I already talked about it in the last segment. That is how do the Rockets match up with the Lakers size? And I do believe, depending on how the Rockets do on Saturday against the Lakers, it's going to be a, a sign to say, hey, we need to add more size to this team. Can't wait for Saturday. Saturday is going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to check that one out.
Believe in Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Why 24? Because I mentioned earlier that Tracy McGrady is my favorite player. But growing up in that era, Kobe Bryant is my GOAT. And I do believe that Kobe Bryant is the GOAT. I don't care what nobody say. I watched this man win five championships. I remember when I was when I watched him score 62 points in three quarters. I remember looking at the bottom of my TV screen seeing Kobe Bryant has scored 81 points, thinking to myself, that got to be a typo. This man has scored 18. No, it was 81 points. A record that every time James Harden step on the court, I do believe that record is in danger. <laughs> Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, keep your head up and have a blessed week. And I will see you guys next Monday. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 